Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And today I'm going to be joined with the CEO of Mayfair Group. I'm sure you know Mayfair and love Mayfair. They make all the greatest kind of like streetwear, like, you know, like comfy sweatpants and everything. But it's not just that, you guys. They have an incredible message. They do amazing campaigns and it's really focused around different forms of self-care and mental health and we really dive into what it's like to be a CEO and struggle with mental health and how you can do both and I feel like it's a conversation that's like never really been had before and it's just like so interesting because when I say this in the podcast current mood convo but you know when you think of a CEO you see them just like conquering all their things and now they're perfect and they're a CEO but that's just not real life and we have anxiety we have depression but we still get shit done. So I'm really excited to have Sam on the podcast to talk all things Mayfair Group, mental health, being a badass boss ass bitch. And I know this episode is a little late and I just like want to make a PSA. I don't know why the universe is against me lately. I've been having so many technical difficulties from my computer to now my memory cards. So I have lost a month and a half's worth of premium content, but I still have obviously all my backup Zoom recordings. So I know sometimes I get like a couple stars on the Apple podcast store and you guys are like the audio could be better and I'm like we're in a panorama it's called a pandemic a poopity pop Patricia so um yeah no I'm not recording with people in real life because I'm staying home I'm staying safe I don't want to put people at risk I don't want to make people uncomfortable but I have the incredible opportunity to use digital platforms to be able to connect with people I probably wouldn't even be able to connect with without it so apologies if the audio is just a little lower quality than usual um, we are once again in a pandemic and I'm doing my best. And I think, you know, the message is still there and it's still incredible and it's worth the listen. So that will be our current mood combo. I've obviously had quite the morning. I started off my night last night, figuring out that my new adapter doesn't work with my memory card. And then I figured out it was actually my memory card. Then I figured out I couldn't get anything off either memory cards, including YouTube. So then I drove to Best Buy this morning to realize Best Buy wasn't open because they tell you to wake up early and then nothing's open so why do we wake up early they tell you to be productive and then you lose all your content why are we being productive you know it's just like what's going on we have to remember that everything happens for a reason I recorded the intro to this podcast yesterday already at six o'clock in the morning I truly thought it was fabulous but I guess we'll never know because it's gone Okay, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. Let's kick it off with best mood because I know that my morning has sounded crazy. I know that maybe, you know, it sounds like I've had a big worst mood, but that is not the case, my girls. That is not the case. Sam on the current mood convo last week, I recorded with her a week ago. She actually reminded me of something I said on the podcast. And what I said was, just looking at things. And I think it was in the mood booster section. It hasn't been a best mood yet. I said, just looking at things as fun, just enjoying it, laughing, not being as stressed, just being like, you know what, instead of stressing about this, why not just look at it as fun and make it good. And she reminded me of that last week. And I had a really, really bad previous week before I was feeling very depressed. I was sleeping a lot. Um, I wasn't really doing, I was kind of doing the bare minimum of what I had to do. And then the rest was just sleeping. And, you know, I was really, really down. I went to kind of that dark hole place that my depression takes me. And, you know, it used to last months at a time. Now, you know, it could be a few days, it could be a week, whatever, And so I kind of pulled myself out of that dark hole. And when she reminded me of that, I even got like the worst news ever after I recorded with her. And I just kind of remembered that we talked about that. And I, you know, I took a nap. 
I honored my feelings. I let myself be angry and frustrated because it was a really bad email that I got. And, you know, we struggle with a lot of things behind the scenes. And so I took a nap, honored my feelings, like I said. And then I was like, you know what? I have a crazy week. I still have shit to do. And I'm just going to look at everything as not that big of a deal, not something crazy to stress about, just essentially not stressing and making things bigger than they are. Yes, stress is at a certain amount is healthy. However, sometimes, especially when you're kind of wired with anxiety, you make everything a bigger deal than it needs to be. And I do that a lot. Like I could look at my calendar and see things on it and it just immediately gives me a pit and I have anticipatory anxiety and I kind of curl up and I isolate. It's just how my brain is wired. So when I looked at that and decided, you know what, I'm not going to stress. Usually things are good. So why anticipate and why not just look at them as a fun opportunity, enjoy it in the moment. And I did that with almost every single little thing all week. And it literally got me out of my dark hole. It was my best mood. I didn't anticipate things as bad kind of to do's and make it like, oh, work. I was just like, you know what? This is a thing that I do. I always have fun. I always like feel super inspired afterwards. It's just a fun opportunity. And I'm going to look at it as something exciting tomorrow instead of something kind of looming on my calendar. And I even did it with my family. I was like, oh my God, the house is a fucking disaster. But I walked in the kitchen where there was literally shit everywhere, not real shit, but my dogs have been a little out of control, but there was just like stuff everywhere. Cause you know, it's like, I have my entire family living with me right now. And instead of making my OCD flare up or my anxiety or my annoyance or my frustration, I was just like, this is evidence of love and life living in this house. And it's not that big of a deal. It's not forever. Not everything has to be perfect all the time. Just kind of take a breath and smile and realize it's not that big of a fucking deal. And that was kind of just my best mood of the week. And it got me through a lot of the stressful things that could have been even more stressful and the moments where I could have chosen a different mood and chosen a different emotion. And so I kind of encourage you to maybe stop and think and pause and really think, is this worth that energy or is it really not that big of a deal? And I should just try to not make it a big, that big of a deal. And then for my worst mood of the week, I mean, I didn't really have any huge worst moods, honestly, which is absolutely fabulous. I think it's, you know, all those little things that were still frustrating and still kind of anxiety ridden. I still had those little moments of really just being annoyed and frustrated. But like I said, I kind of turned it around really quickly. And even today, for instance, when I couldn't get the memory card to work and I couldn't get into Best Buy and I was just kind of trying everything. And I was like, why does this always happen to me? Like, I'm actually trying to be good at my job. Like, I know I'm not as good of a YouTuber and a podcaster as everyone else. Maybe I'm not as efficient or as organized, um, you know, in that kind of field. But, you know, I do a good job and I get it done. And instead of kind of letting that ruin my morning and make me super stressed, I took it one moment at a time. And I know I'm kind of using this worst mood to continue to talk about the best mood, but this morning was really fucking annoying. And that's, you know, my worst mood is having all these annoying fucking things happen to me, like from a bad email to my memory card not working to like, you know, waking up at six o'clock in the morning because I had anxiety and I couldn't sleep. But I really, really chose to kind of make a decision and switch my mood. And even when I was rushing to the store, I was like, you know what? Best Buy's clothes. I'm going to go to Walgreens. I'm going to pick up my prescription and I'm going to get a memory card there. I know they have memory cards. Not a big deal. I ran into two people that listened to the podcast. And instead of like being anxious and rushed and being like, I'm so sorry, guys, I got to go. I had such a fun and amazing conversation with them for like 20 minutes. And yeah, I made myself later to go get the memory card. I got home to bring my mom the coffee and she wanted to have like a kind of deep conversation with me. And instead of being like, I can't do this right now. Like I'm so stressed. Like I got to go. I just listened and I was present and I had an amazing moment with my mom. And then I was like, okay, now I have to go. Now I have to get the memory card. I got home and I was like, I need to shower. I have other stuff to do too. I have to film. You know what? It's self-care. I need to feel good. The podcast can wait 20 more minutes for me to jump in the shower. So that's just kind of an example of how the best mood and worst mood really, really correlate sometimes. And they're not always completely opposite. You can really intertwine them and make your worst moods into your best moods when you're kind of staying present and thinking differently and flipping that switch in your brain. All you have to do 
is rewire your brain and think those thoughts and it can make those moments in those moods and those worst moods shorter and shorter and shorter every single time throw some bedding on a bunch of different mattresses and sure they all look alike the same goes for pillows but when you peel away the layers look at what's inside you'll see they aren't all created equal and that's what makes every purple pillow and mattress unlike anything you've ever slept on the purple grid sets the purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. And with over 1,800 open air channels designed to neutralize body heat, purple provides a cooling effect that other mattresses cannot replicate, you guys. This is why it's my favorite. And this cutting edge technology, it doesn't stop with the mattresses because every purple pillow is engineered with the grid for total head, neck support, and absolute airflow. So you're always on the cool side of the pillow, you guys. Purple's proprietary technology has been innovating comfort for over 15 years and I completely see it in my mattress like if you guys watch the YouTube vlog you know I got two purple mattresses my mom's been sleeping on one I've been sleeping on one she is absolutely obsessed she actually told me to literally come lay in her bed to feel how comfy she's made it with how she set up her pillows and like is obsessed with the mattress I was like mom like I have the same mattress like I, I know how comfortable it is and it literally is such a game changer that I don't have a fan in my room anymore. Like no joke, like completely serious. I never wake up sweating in the middle of the night anymore at all. The airflow is absolutely insane. I used to sleep with a fan on every single night. The fan is no longer even in my bedroom. This is serious. You can try every Purple product risk-free with free shipping and returns. And Purple has financing available as low as 0% APR for qualified customers. So experience the Purple grid and you'll sleep like never before. Go to purple.com slash mood10 and use promo code mood10. For a limited time, you'll get 10% off any order Order over $200 or more. That's purple.com slash mood10, promo code mood10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Terms apply. For this week's mood boosters, I have quite a few like little random ones. One is I obviously have been being, you know, a little more present, which is hard for me, but I actually have felt like I have been. And so much to the fact where I've actually whipped out my journal. I haven't done actual journaling yet. I I, I think I'm realizing that it's very hard for me and I kind of know this, but I'm, I, maybe I'm admitting it more. It is very hard for me to kind of take that extra step and really do things that are good for me, especially if I get out of that habit. It's really hard for me to create a new one. So even just whipping out my journal and taking notes, because I've been going to a lot of live Zoom events and obviously I'm in recovery programs. So I've been going to meetings online and I've really just been taking notes, asking myself questions, writing things things down and it's making me feel really grounded and present to the point where I'm like oh my god I think someone's onto something and I'm going to start journaling no promises you guys this is just a mood booster being present taking notes kind of paying attention and asking myself those questions and writing them down has really opened me up to just kind of I feel like it's opened up the universe to just have other people ask me questions and have meaningful conversations it's really weird like it's I think it's a correlation I really do Speaking of live events, I'm actually going to be doing a live mood, current mood combo event. So on February 27th, I'm going to put up the RSVP link soon on at mood with Lauren Elizabeth on Instagram. And I'm going to have some special guests, some prizes, different current mood combo topics. I think that a big mood booster for me is honestly the community that we're building and the guests that I have on are so inspiring I feel so lucky to be able to have these open honest and vulnerable conversations with people I probably would have never met before especially with my social anxiety standing in the way so there's something about having the opportunity to zoom with new people and have these conversations that we share with you guys that's really honestly positively infected affecting my life and it's really boosting my mood I mean I kind of told you about it in the first part of this podcast podcast. And so I really want to kind of bring that to you guys as well, because it's been such a mood booster for me that I want you guys to feel it as much as I do. And on kind of like a in real time level, because I know you guys probably feel it hopefully by listening to the podcast. So go make sure you follow at mood with Lauren Elizabeth, because I want to share my mood boosters with you live February 27th. It's going to be in the afternoon on a Saturday. So I hope you guys can all tune in. Obviously, it's going to be on the computer. We're in a panorama. So stay tuned. My next mood booster, it kind of has to do with journaling and it's writing again. And it's something that I've really been 
kind of working on for a while. I've been writing for quite a few months and I finally got to the place where I let go of control and I kind of got out of my own way and I started really, really writing. And I wrote this post called uh, how to get over a heartbreak. And I feel like maybe I'm not completely ready to talk about it in real time because it's hard for me to gather all my thoughts. So writing has been a really good outlet for me, even if it's not technically journaling, it's kind of goes hand in hand because I am writing, I am kind of pouring out my feelings, but I'm doing it in a way where I kind of want to be helpful to you guys and I have this rule of thumb where if I can't be helpful I don't want to be honest I'm honest because I want to be helpful and so that's why it took me so long to talk about the breakup because I I couldn't be helpful at that time like I I want to be vulnerable and I want to be honest but if I can't be helpful what's the point and so I felt like writing this blog post was a really great way for me to kind of express how I'm feeling and be honest and helpful for you guys and I also happened to relaunch my website I'm not trying to do all this promo within the mood boosters but it's just really true it's like really what's getting me through this week and making me feel really inspired and motivated and I'm working on a shit ton of stuff for mood I think you guys are gonna fucking love so I relaunched my website it's my baby I've been blogging since 2000 it's how I started my career if you're new here and it's now lornelizabeth.co and there's going to be a lot of just like mood boosting content I mean there's a little shop section that says coming soon and I don't think you're ready for what's about to come so if you want to read that post go to lornelizabeth.co it's a huge mood booster for me getting the feedback from you guys building this community being able to write again feeling helpful and feeling inspired and feeling motivated so you guys are a huge part of my mood booster all the guests are a huge part this podcast is honestly just boosting my motherfucking mood yo i'm so excited Another mood booster for me is honestly getting my house together because you guys know how insane I am with home decor and everything like that. And something that, I mean, it's a mood booster for me, but not my wallet. I have a cart full of things for article because I have the guest room. I have my brother's room. And so it's absolutely perfect to kind of get those rooms to a place where I feel really proud of. And if you guys don't know what article is, article combines the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online, which is perfect for the panorama. And I have that little white ottoman thing that everyone's obsessed with. I use it everywhere. I'm literally, I said it in a vlog. I think I want another one just because I literally move it around my entire house. It's the most perfect thing in the entire world. I'm just obsessed with it. So Article's team of designers focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. They are dedicated to a modern aesthetic of mid-century Scandinavian industrial and bohemian designs. So you can see it with my backyard furniture. I have chairs from Article. I have my ottoman. I have so much stuff. And the best part is that they have fair prices. So you save up to 30% over traditional retail prices. And Article is able to keep their prices low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. So there's no showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. So when you get the furniture, you're going to be so seriously impressed you're gonna be like oh my god I can't believe I used Lauren's code and got this amazing incredible piece of furniture and it wasn't even that expensive like you guys you're gonna be so impressed it's fast it's affordable shipping and it's available across the USA and Canada and it's free on orders over $999 all in stock items are delivered in two weeks or less and there's a 30-day return policy with simple returns and exchanges so article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more so go to article.com slash mood and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash mood to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. I have the white ottoman, I think, in my home highlights on Instagram. You guys always ask me if I have a code. It's article.com slash mood. Get it. Got it. Good. Now I'm going to welcome Sam, the CEO of Mayfair Group, for an amazing current mood combo. I really think you guys are going to love it. It's going to motivate you. It's going to inspire you. So let's get right into it. Welcome, Sam. Well, I see that you're wearing Mayfair right now, if I'm correct. Always. I have that one. It's absolutely yeah. fabulous. It's one it's of my, my favorites. Favorite. I mean, like I selfishly am always just like hitting you guys up, like tagging <laughs> you nonstop because I just want you guys to keep sending me stuff. And you guys have the best like loungewear on like in the planet because you guys have inc- like incredible messages combined with just like awesome styles. And we need to take it all the way back Mm -hmm. because I've known you for like since the beginning beginning and it's like how did Mayfair even start and I know Mm -hmm. it's you it starts with you but give my listeners especially like these young women who like always have these passions and these moods and I feel like you're the perfect person that combines like your moods and your passion to create a business Mm -hmm. so can you give us a little background on how you started Mayfair 
Yeah. So way, way, way back, obviously. I grew up in the UK. Um, I was born in London. And that's really where the name Mayfair originated. So my parents um, met at a nightclub in Mayfair in and they got married in 1987. So whenever you see 1987 on like oh any of the sweatshirts, that's the date that they got married. They've been married now for over 35 years. And they just, that's where it all began. That's like, honestly, where I grew up, that was my roots. That was like, my culture was growing up in London. And we ended up moving to the States and stuff when I was like, I think 10 years old. So even when we moved, we would go back and visit all the time. We were the only, like we were first generation Americans. So basically like my entire extended family still lived in London. Like my grandparents, my mom got on a plane with four kids moving to a country, to a place that she had never even been. And my dad had like a work opportunity. So they just were like, let's do it. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, my, my childhood besides that obviously was pretty normal. I kind of grew up and was playing soccer, going to school, doing all these things. And then I think that, you know, throughout the big transitions in life, like, you know, high school to college and college to real life, like I started to experience, like when I went from high school to college, it's the first time I really experienced kind of some mental health challenges, like depression and bad anxiety. Um, I got to college at South Carolina on a soccer scholarship. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I, my whole identity thus far in life was tied to a sport. And just like, that was like who I was. I was a soccer player. I was this and that. And I just started to like, not enjoy it anymore. I was so unfulfilled. Um, and I got to the point where I was so depressed at school that I asked my parents if I could drop out. I was just like in a really, really bad place. And I ended up, you know, they were very supportive. I ended up dropping out for a while and kind of just like reestablishing like myself and finding myself and trying to figure out you know, what I really love to do, what I want to do, which I feel like people don't give credit to like younger people navigating these hard transitions. Like high school to college is hard. Mm -hmm. And then college to real life is so hard. And there's like all this pressure, you know, it's like, where are you going to go to school? What are you going to do with your life? Like all these like societal pressures that like we underestimate how hard they are, but navigating that shit is so hard. And I feel like you know, you put so much pressure on yourself to know what you want to do the minute you get out of college. And it's like, what is that? You know, like there's no real timeline that we're all supposed to be like adhering to at the same amount of time. And so, yeah, I dropped out of school. I ended up like being out of school for, I think like almost a year, just really reevaluating my life. And the one thing that I kept coming back to is like entrepreneurship and business was what I love. So I went back to school, a smaller school. I transferred in state finished my degree. And at the time I was kind of working in fashion, interning in fashion. So I got an internship and that's kind of what led me to the industry. I worked in the industry for about five or six years. And then again, life hits me with this like crazy transition. I got married and my husband's job was in Arizona and I left LA because um, I had moved from Georgia to LA post-college and was working in the industry. I left LA. I left all my friends. I left like my brother who was living there And I went into like the deepest, darkest depression I've ever been. It was really scary. Like I, yeah, it was in a really, really bad place. And through that pain and just that experience and just like being in my apartment all day, not knowing one person, having made like the biggest sacrifice, what I felt like was like the biggest compromise at the time, leaving my job and everything I loved and moving because of my husband's work, which you know, it just felt like I was sacrificing everything. And I was again at this pivotal crossroads in my life where I was just looking for that thing, looking for that fulfillment, looking for like what was next for me and had no idea. And I think that's what's the most stressful thing and gives you the most anxiety is just that unknown of like, I don't Mm. know what's next. And so, you know, I would spend just like nights I had sleep anxiety. I would have horrible day anxiety. I would like just literally was just trying to get by. Basically, I just felt like really, really depressed. And so during that time, I would wake up every single day and I would search for positive messaging in my life. And Mm. I noticed that when I would have these interactions, whether it was a conversation, whether it was a text, whether it was even I got on Pinterest and saw something that inspired or resonated me, it would change some little thing in my mindset. And it was like, you know, you get on these, in these trajectories in your day. And if you have positive interactions, your day usually ends up 
a lot different. I was listening to something you said the other day where you're like, I'm trying to be more silly in my interactions and just laugh. And like, yeah. that like makes or breaks your mentality. You know, like if you have positive interactions every day or you just decide I'm going to have fun today, I'm just going to take every situation and laugh and have fun and make it enjoyable. But you know, when you're in that mental state, it's so hard to do. And so I did notice that these interactions, although they were few and far between would change or spark something in my mindset. And I would get on social media and I would search for positive messaging. I would wake up and I would search for it every single day. And I remember calling my parents and I said, I want to create a company that embodies, that builds a digital community based on positive messaging, because I know every human being wakes up on the earth and they search for that messaging every single day in their life. And so I want to create a safe place on social media where people can come to and feel inspired. They can see a positive message that might change their day. They might put on an empathy sweatshirt that, you know, gives them an interaction that makes them feel good. And so it genuinely was to create a place that inspired people because I was constantly searching for that. And little did I know so many other people were searching for it too, but that is essentially how Mayfair started. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy too. Like one of the thoughts that I had while you were talking was kind of, well, two things. It's those two transition periods, like not to tie them up like in a perfect bow or whatever, just it's, you know, it really kind of speaks to that person too. That's like in those transition periods that feels that unknown when, you know, for that, for you, those two times are now in hindsight and being able to look at, you know, what you accomplished from, you know, being so low, like, getting pulled all the way back, just the slingshot eventually forward. And it's like, it, it really does show that some of the most, you know, remarkable and meaningful things in your life do come from those like super low points and those transition periods, even though obviously while you're going through it, it doesn't feel like that, like mm-hmm. at all. And, you know, to the college point, I, I think that there are a lot of people that, like you said, it's, you know, you don't have it all figured out. And it's not, I feel like it's not the end of the world to leave a situation because of your mental health, you know, like, I think it is important for people to realize that when they're feeling depressed or whatever, like, it's not shameful to like, take time off, mm-hmm. you know, like, if you had like a real physical sickness, you would. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's like one of those things where, you know, you have to just keep up with the societal pressures. And I think it's so admirable that you kind of gave yourself that space in that time. And, you know, when you hear those chunks of your story, I think it makes more sense of, cause you know, obviously I think mental health is being spoken about more so on social media, but when you guys started, it really wasn't like, I remember that's why I followed initially. Cause it was like you said, like it was the exact content I was looking for. And it was those like positive reinforcements and it was stuff that I genuinely related to. I mean, now when you guys post a horoscope, I'm like tapping through to get to mine. I'm like so excited. Yeah, no. And I feel like again, yeah, I mean, normalizing those conversations and really like, we want to be a platform that speaks about those things because I mean, you know, I know like years ago, people didn't speak. I, I remember feeling so isolated and alone that I felt the way that I felt. And I, I feel like I, you know, for the longest time, didn't even say the word depressed. I didn't even tell my husband what I was personally navigating. And I was in a really bad place. Like I should have been speaking to more people, but I internalized everything because people weren't speaking about it. It was almost like if you had a mental health challenge that was bizarre or weird or not normal. And, you know, those were all stigmas that like society had told, or we'd seen, you know, or people kind of, and I think it's just, rewiring and redefining the way that we see these things in our own society. I talk a lot about just even changing the way we see strength because we affiliate strength with like, you know, people that like mask their emotions and they just get on every day with their life and they're never upset or sad. And it's like, we need to rewire the way that these terminologies are used in society. Like to me, somebody that's vulnerable, somebody that's authentic, somebody that like you know, can be a CEO and still have depression and navigate those things coexistingly. Like that's strength, you know, like people that are vulnerable about what they're navigating and they share that. And, you know, they're not afraid to go through these transformational periods. Like we said, or these kind of like really tough periods or people that have gone through those things and come out on the other side, like that's strength, you know, strength isn't like masking those things. It's the people that like go through those challenges and come out on the other side. Like, I just feel like we kind of have to redefine what the word means in society because we've made it out to be something where, 
you know, we see other things as weakness. And I feel like, yeah. you know, it's so important that not only we're normalizing those conversations, but we're making it acceptable to be vulnerable and acceptable to talk about things that you struggle with, not only just the things that like the accomplishments and the things that you do in your life, you know? So I know you're so honest about that on your platform too. And I admire that so much. And it's something that I really kind of dedicated to, too, is just like sharing a lot of my struggles because so many people find comfort and just knowing that they're not alone, you know? And I think that yeah. that's our purpose here as human beings. Well, that's like, why I think it's so interesting too. Cause like, I didn't know the background of your story. Cause I knew that you came from that background of like marketing and PR and working with, you know, Devin and Sydney at wildflower cases and stuff like that. And so when you guys kind of started making that transition to be kind of that positive resource and now it's almost becoming too, I feel like an educational resource, you guys. Like, I think it, for me, at least it went from like these little like mood boosters that I would see. And like, especially, I mean, the graphics are gorgeous. So obviously I'm like, yeah. finally, like something yeah. that's my aesthetic that I really yeah. do, not just like, yeah. one of those like eat, pray, love, like home, yeah. like home good things. Like home good signs. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like love lives here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. really, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, I live here, but, and so I just, I didn't know that that was a part of your story. I mean, obviously, you know, one would hope because, you know, you're posting these things and, but when I, I feel like when you're talking to, I've never heard someone talk about not only the way how we have to normalize mental health struggles, but the way we need to rewire. I've actually never even thought about that because I even used to think, okay, the longer I hide this and the longer I wait and then tell people about it, the stronger I'm going to seem because I've suffered in silence longer. Mm -hmm. And then I can put my cards on the table. Like it used yeah. to always be like, since I was younger, not even just being a quote unquote public figure, but like you know, like even just having depression, being like, okay, but I'm not going to tell anyone until I, then I'm going to put that wild card on the table and be like, and look at this other secret I've been hiding. And it's like, why does that make me stronger or wiser when it is much harder, like you said, to be open and honest about it, but there's this weird stigma of sharing, you it's, know? It's like this identity thing. I feel like, you know, and for the longest time when I started my company, I felt like as a female CEO, I had to be like a CEO. And I feel like, I don't yeah. know why we dehumanize these like roles. And we have these identities that like two, you know, personalities or your, all your different personalities can't coexist together. Like we feel like a CEO has to be strong. They have to be almost a bitch, like cold hearted, very like to the point. And you know, I felt like for the longest time I had to hide this like part of my life because I was like, I have to be this person. Society's telling me to be this CEO and like no one else has been like a CEO that talks about depression. So like, I can't be that. But right. then I realized, you know, what makes like us beautiful as human beings is like really being authentically who we are. And the more I opened up about the things that I navigated, the more people would reach out to me and be like, I found so much comfort in, in, in what you spoke about because I'm also a young person that wants to start a business and I have anxiety and I never thought that like I could do this. And I'm sure you get messages all the time talking about people that are like, aspiring to do things and you ch talking openly about your mental health challenges makes them feel like they can do it because you know, you've been able to do it. So I think that we dehumanize like identities and I feel like we've got to bring back the human being, you know, inside all of us. And just, I think what really you know, what we're all here to do is to like relate to one another and use empathy and just kind of like, you know, be human beings again. Like we all struggle and there's nothing to be ashamed about that. You know, I feel like you can be a CEO and you can have depression. Those things can coexist. So it's really about rewiring, you know, people's identities and, and kind of the way that they think, the way that they define strength and all of these terminologies, because for so long, we've just had these identities that we have to live up to, which is all this pressure. And if people fall short of that, they just feel disappointed. They feel guilt. They feel all these things. So, you know, it starts from people like you and I talking publicly about it and just being really open about what we navigate and, you know, that you can coexist. You can be somebody who wants to work hard and accomplish all these things, but you can also have really shit days where you're just depressed yeah. and like, you don't want to do anything and that's okay. You know? So I think that 
that's really what I'm trying to do, you know, with my platform and even with Mayfair's is just continue to normalize those conversations, continue to provide inspiration, resources, things for people to be able to relate to, feel, you know, inspired by, um, and all of those things. So, yeah. It's almost like success is, um, always shown as like, you know, getting rid of all your mental health issues and then you're successful and they're all gone and you're the CEO and you're at the top and it's good. And it's like, you never see a movie where like the boss is like struggling with depression. You know, it's like the side character who then gets over it and accomplishes that thing. And, you know, I mean, at least for me, I think in, you know, mental health in general, obviously, like you're not going to be happy all the time because we're all humans. And so how do you kind of navigate now like having this huge huge business i mean you guys have grown exponentially even in the past 12 months like throughout a global pandemic and i mean like three days ago justin bieber was wearing one of your hoodies and i was like oh my god i cannot wait to talk to her about this because this is epic yeah how do you like how do you now with your mental health balance like you know being the leader of a team and being the leader of this community and kind of constantly finding that inspiration uh, to be posting and even just leading the members of your team. Yeah. I mean, I think the more that I, you know, learn, do therapy, read, you know, just really become more and more authentic. I think it starts with authenticity, right? So like, I want to be a CEO. I want to be a friend. I want to be a wife. I want to be eventually a mom. You know, I want to be an authentic person. And I feel like if I lead that way, then my team will feel encouraged to follow that way. Mm. And, you know, we have crazy conversations like where we'll be crying and we'll be so open and we'll be all sharing things that we navigate through and just, you know, putting that into content that could potentially help people. And, you know, if people saw that from an outside perspective, they'd be like, you know, is that a healthy work environment? Should you do those (laughs) things? But like, it again goes back to like these norms. Like I'm re you know, with Mayfair, I want to redefine the way that we have our work environment because it's important for us to be vulnerable and be authentic because that's the premise of what, you know, I'm personally trying to do. And obviously what we're trying to do with Mayfair, but something that's just helped me too, is like, I think I always saw, you know, happiness as like a destination. And the more that I do therapy and that I learn is like, it's a state of being along the way, you know, like, we, we work our whole lives searching for happiness when in reality, it's a state of being along the entire way. It's, it's not something you strive for. It's something you recognize in your daily life. Mm. Um, and you know, external events in your life, they don't create happiness or meaning. It's how you perceive them that does. So, you know, I think that I'm just trying to switch my mindset from being, you know, when I was younger, a scarcity driven mindset where I just saw all the things that I was lacking or all the things that I was aspiring towards. And now it's an abundance driven mindset. Like every morning I remind myself of like, you know, the beautiful things that we wake up every single day and have, you know, and I think that it's not even things. A lot of times it's friendships. It's like, you know, my family, like being able to breathe and wake up every day and do what I do and go to a place where I feel inspired and I get to potentially help people. And so I think just switch, switching your mindset. And then the other thing is like, I read the other day about just being somebody who gives life meaning instead of seeking things to give life meaning. So instead of chasing mm. success, chase kindness, rather than believing wealth and fame are the pinnacle of life, see intelligence, gro- growth, self-love, understanding, and empathy as determinant factors. Like you define what your life is. So what are you striving for? You know? And I think with the company, like I have days where it's really hard, you know, being a CEO is really isolating, especially as somebody who does navigate mental health challenges. But I remind myself of that. What am I striving for? You know, with Mayfair, I'm striving to like use our platform to help people and spread positive messaging. And so if I get a message from somebody that says, you know, something that you posted really inspired me today, then I had a successful day, you know, like regardless of what happens, that's what I'm striving for. And I think it's just, a, you know, coming, getting to the point where like you realize the things that you really want in your life, you know, and like all of those things, wealth, you know, fame, all of that, like those are just empty things to be striving for and searching for. And so it's like, I want to be the person that like gives life meaning, gives my life meaning. And, you know, hopefully one day can have some sort of a small legacy that I leave behind. So it's just about rewiring, like what it is that you're striving for. I feel like for the longest time, and again, this is something that like I was even guilty of, like I, you know, growing up was just searching for 
happiness and searching for all these things and trying to like fill this void. And what I didn't realize is like, it's about the journey. It's about, you know, finding happiness in every single day. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's taken a lot of like therapy and rewiring and all of these things, but I definitely want to be an authentic leader and CEO. And I hope that like through that, um, and through what we're trying to build at Mayfair that like people on my team will be inspired as well. I mean, it seems like an amazing place to work in my opinion, not an unhealthy work environment. <laughs> I, you know, it is, it's totally like, let's per se against the norm, but I think it's something that is healthy and honest and authentic, like you said. Quick break to talk to you guys about ButcherBox because literally my family is obsessed. When the ButcherBox came, my brother was like, ugh, are you telling them that I like your sponsors on the podcast? And I'm like, well, you do. And I don't have a boyfriend, so you're the only man in my life. You might even hear them like screaming in the background. But here's the thing. Not everyone has access to high quality meat. So it's hard to find that 100% grass fed, finished beef, free range organic chicken, heritage bred pork, wild caught salmon at the grocery store. It's expensive and there's limited selections. And I mean, who's even going to the grocery store right now? So luckily, ButcherBox is a sponsor of Mood and they believe everyone deserves high quality, humanely sourced meat. ButcherBox couldn't be easier. You just sign up, select your box and they ship it right to your door every single month. Literally, my brother like had heart eyes when he saw the box. I'm not even kidding you guys. And when you sign up now, you get two New York strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free. I mean, who does not love free steak, right? It's, oh my God, you guys are going to freaking love this. So every month they ship a curated selection of high quality meat right to my house. And there's no added antibiotics or hormones ever. This is super important to me. I'm really conscious of what I put in my body. And the best part is each box comes with nine to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual meals. I mean, my mom's cooking like crazy. Everything is packed fresh. It's shipped frozen and vacuum sealed. So it stays that way. And I can even customize my box or just go with one of theirs. Either way, I'm getting exactly what I want. So honestly, butcher box is no brainer. It's the best meat shipped right to my door, which means one less trip to the grocery store. And I love their options it's honestly the way meat should be and it's affordable and convenient to get healthy humanely raised meat with butcher box you get the highest quality meat for just around six dollars a meal and they even have free shipping nationwide except hawaii and alaska for a limited time butcher box is offering new members two new york strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free in your first box just go to butcherbox.com mood that's butcherbox.com mood to get two new york strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free in your first box. Valentine's Day is coming up. And I don't know if you have a manly man boyfriend, which I don't. I If I did, I think this would be a good gift. Just saying. Back to the podcast. Do you guys like brainstorm about like different kind of, you know, messages? I mean, even when you go to like the collections tab on Mayfair, there's like so many and they're all so meaningful. And like, there's the kindness one, the empathy one, there's even just like the classic, like Mayfair, like in my eyes, like legacy, like all that stuff. So mm -hmm. do you, do you find that it comes a lot from you? Do you guys work as a team? Like what's kind of that like creative process? Cause it's like half, you know, genuinely like a business, like kind of strategically planning, but then you guys are also like including like these really, really powerful messages. Yeah. So I think the thing is like one, we're driven by message and campaign. So we, you know, when we set out to start the company, whilst obviously business, the numbers, the profit, all of these things are so important. And obviously my major was in business and I really love entrepreneurship and like scaling a business is what I love to do. But I always remind the girls we're driven by message and we all get out of bed every day and we feel so inspired to be able to create these powerful campaigns and like put them out into the world. But the second thing is it's like, it's a hundred percent a team effort. Um, we have an amazing creative director. Her name is Kaylee Renda. She's been with me from almost the very beginning. Um, and she's incredible. And the team that we have, I mean, honestly, like I can't speak highly enough about the girls that, that work at Mayfair because we have such a badass team. But I think, you know, what lends itself to creativity and really creating these powerful campaigns is just that vulnerability. Like we all will come into meetings and we'll talk about things that we navigate or things that resonated with us, whether it's, you know, conversation or connections or interactions that we've had or something we've witnessed, you know, that we felt really moved by or sad by even. And I think that like, we try to keep our meetings pretty open and we try to keep, you know, it a safe place where people feel like they can be creative, they can be inspired, they can share their thoughts. I think like, you know, not being, not creating a culture where people feel stifled. I feel like in, especially in a creative company, like 
it's so important for everybody to have a point of view, you know, and you to be able to creatively hear out everyone. So Kaylee is really the person that spearheads creative. I mean, me and her kind of work together, but she comes up with these amazing campaigns. And again, a lot of that messaging comes down to things that we all experience or things that are happening in the world. You know, like there was, we just released a collection with Dom Roberts, obviously, and the uncomfortable um, and hundred percent of proceeds are donated to black women led organizations. So, you know, there's things that are so important that we want to use our platform to amplify and speak about. So it's a combination of so many different things, but I think just creating a culture where people feel like they can share, they can be a part of, they can have an opinion. Um, and then, you know, just being authentic and being vulnerable and, and kind of like sharing things that we feel like would resonate with somebody like our younger selves or like, you know, that, that we feel like people need to hear. So is there any one of your campaigns that you feel got like an even like bigger response or like more connection? Was there one that maybe you were just like, I don't know if it's going to do well, or like, this is, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like kind of just that like little one where you were like, Oh my God, people really relate to that one. Well, I feel like just be kind was so powerful because the way that we captured, you know, we had a campaign video that basically we had volunteers come in and we just, you know, they didn't know anything about the interview. It wasn't a scripted thing. It wasn't something that we planned. We had an idea of what we wanted to do. And we shot it with this girl, Bren Jones. And basically we had people come in and they sat down and they said the most painful thing that somebody's ever said to them. And, you know, then they talked about the power of words and their words based on that interaction and how it, or, and how it stayed with them their entire life. And then we asked them to write a letter to somebody that they're inspired by. And they thought that that would be the end of the interview, but then we had them call that person and read it to them. And I literally have chills thinking about it. Right I'm now. like literally like full body it, chills. It was unreal. Like there was the entire day and we had a small team obviously on set. Each of these were filmed individually, like, cause this was during COVID and the entire day, every single person was just bawling, crying because you know, you don't realize what people have navigated in their life. You don't realize what a word or a phrase or something that's stuck with somebody for 20 years, you know, that they've never yeah. forgotten. And I think that like, I knew that that campaign was powerful. I knew the message of like, you know, using your words um, and just how much power your words have over other people and yourself and all those things. But I just seeing it played out like that in real life, I don't know, it was really emotional and just to kind of see what people have navigated. And then on the flip side, seeing them be so vulnerable and share with somebody that they're inspired by, why they love that person, why they're inspired by that person and like seeing it play out and even that person's reaction of how powerful those words were to them. It was just like the most incredible campaign. And I think I never thought that, you know, even though I knew that that video would really, and Kaylee obviously came up kind of with the idea of like, that would really speak to people and show the message in like a powerful way. I didn't realize how much it would resonate with people. Like I was getting calls and just messages from people being like, out of all the campaigns Mayfair's done, like this video, like just hit me to my core as a human, you know? So I think that one was just one that just shocked me because of how powerful it was. And then um, yeah, the campaign video is just like insane. You like cannot stop crying when you're watching it. It's so powerful. So. I don't know how I haven't watched this yet. But, like, <laughs> I feel like I was like trying not to cry while you were saying it. I was just like, oh my God, I would be bawling crying on set. Like total. Cause you guys have the empathy sweatshirt mm -hmm. and I'm, I, it's so funny. I was like saying how I'm an empath. I'm an empath. And then I was like, Oh, Mayfair has that sweatshirt. I need to get that. I just need to like wear that around all the time so that people just like know what they're getting into because yeah. it's it's very draining being empathic, yeah. but it's yeah. just it's it's crazy like the impact that these even just these little words but when you know you're describing the campaign videos it's like there's so much more to it than just be kind and just empathy. Like yes, those are cool things. They you guys make gorgeous sweatshirts and they're very very comfortable, I might add but it's there's so much more to it and it's really that message and even when you say to like your younger self you know it's like you almost wish you could go back in time and be nicer as a sixth grader even though you know that's impossible now but you know instilling that in people it's not too late you know like that could still impact someone for a very long time and i think we can all relate to that on some level and 
know how much it hurts us. So like, why wouldn't we be kind to someone else if we know how it feels? You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. Yeah, no, totally. And I feel like, you know, it just like one of in the campaign message, it talked about how growing up we're taught these like useless defense tactics, like sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And in reality, like words have such power over people. There's things that you say someone else has said that resonates, that is instilled in you for so long, you know, it affects you. And so I think it is, it's this rewiring. It's kind of educating people on, you know, we can do better. We can use our words. Um, they're so powerful. We can use them in a better way. We can be more mindful when we're speaking. We can just be more conscious. And even, you know, when we eventually get to the point where like I have kids and stuff, these are things that I really want to integrate like into my children. Exactly. Of, like, the power of your words, you know? Um, and so, yeah, just seeing that campaign play out and just seeing just people be vulnerable and just like the beauty and the essence of being human and what we all navigate and struggle with. But then on the flip side, how we can use our words to really make someone feel so special. It was just so powerful. And then obviously, you know, Justin Bieber wearing the sweatshirt was it's like, just pretty, a little cherry on top. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I have to admit. And I, I give him so much credit for one still wanting to like work, you know, wear smaller designers and small companies, yeah. but two, I feel like just, you know, creating a moment out of like positive messaging and kind of using his platform to like embody that. So it was a really, we were freaking out. I have to admit, it was a pretty cool moment for sure. <laughs> well, it's also, it's cool, you know, when you just, you know, get recognized kind of on that larger scale, even though we shouldn't be, you know, powered and driven through validation, even though I think you, there's like that line where like you do want to have your message reach larger groups of people. Because I think even when you, you said you took the words right out of my mouth too. And you said like, when I become a mom, I want to instill that in my kids. And I was just like, that's, we can't go back in time to be sixth graders, but at least like hopefully what we're doing on social media now, like helps us create this generation of people that are going to be like really good parents. Like, you know what I mean? Like kind of instill that. I, I mean, high schoolers yeah. are still always going to be crazy, but hopefully we can all raise much, much better ones than you see in the movies when people are getting pushed into the lockers and everything. Oh, I'm like, does that God. still happen? And my little brother was like, yeah. I was like, okay, good to know. Oh, like, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. And I will say, you know, I have a lot of hope in the sense that like, Gen Z is like, they're just such a powerful generation. Like my They are so influential. It's crazy. They're so influential. And I feel like they're not scared of being vulnerable with their emotions and really like expressing themselves. So I think that in itself is a huge differentiator because like our generation, like no one sp spoke about it. Like you, mm -hmm. like you, you put on a mask, you know, and I wish that like, I could just go back and be authentically me the whole time that I was like for the longest time trying to be somebody else, which I feel like is such a young thing. Yeah. to do. But Gen Z, like they are so authentically themselves. And like, you know, my sister, even, I feel like she's so in tune with her emotions and she's not scared to express them. And so I do think, you know, that, that they are kind of paving that way as well. And they're kind of normalizing, like, it's okay to be a human. It's okay to struggle with things. It's okay to be open about it. And so I think, and I hope that we're going in a better direction in that sense. And like those conversations are becoming more normalized and accepted and stuff, even at like a young age, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you know, seeing all the Gen Zers on TikTok and like with their influence and with their, like, just like wokeness to just everything about them, like a, it gives me hope B it makes me feel so old. Cause before like, we were just the young ones on the internet. Now we have even right. younger ones on the internet. I'm like, Oh my God, like <laughs> I'm getting older. This is scary, but it does. It, it's how you said, you know, growing up, always wanting to be something else or wanting to fit in. And it's so funny, those little moments I've had as a young adult for anyone that's still experiencing that. And I still experience it. And how many times I'll look back or I'll think of something, something that's stuck with me or something I remember from those like younger years. And I'm like, like looking back, I'm like, that's what I wanted to look like. Like, that's what I was so obsessed with. And I'm like, now I like laugh about it. And then I had to remind myself, I'm like, okay, so stop going on Instagram and thinking the same thing. Like you don't need to look like Kendall Jenner. You're probably going to laugh about this in five years. So like, stop stressing about it. It's that exact rewiring that you're talking about. And with Instagram accounts, like you guys that are constantly pushing out that messaging and opening up these conversations, like it's, it, it genuinely sincerely makes a difference like in people's lives because otherwise that is all that's on someone's Instagram feed is like you wake up and you just 
subconsciously search for, you know, the regular stuff that kind of makes you feel shitty or like fuels you in some way, but it's not those positive affirmations. And I just find it so fascinating that you turned, you know, kind of that thing you were seeking for to help your own mental health into this business. And I think obviously, you know, like that's the shorter version of it. I'm sure it's like you were seeking that and, you know, had to do therapy, have those conversations with your partner, like stuff like that, of course. But I do think that little quick snippet of it is just, it's so inspiring. I think, especially when we've all had like a really fucking hard year Mm -hmm. and stuff like your Instagram is like one of the only like you should see my fucking screenshots folder. I mean, like you, you're basically like my therapist when it's not Monday night at seven 30 and Rebecca does, you know, it's like, because it makes me feel, it makes me feel seen. And it makes me feel like I'm not like truly it just, I feel like it makes people feel like they're not fucking crazy. It's like, okay. Like I thought that too. Like I'm not insane. Like that's honestly what it feels like sometimes. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, and that's the thing is like, I just remember when I was, you know, a, like four or five years ago before I started Mayfair, when I was navigating that really, really bad depression, like I would get on Instagram and I just would feel immediately shit from the altered kind of realities of people's highlight reels of their life. And just like all these things that were happening. And meanwhile, I was like barely getting by day to day. And, you know, I didn't really have a reason. I was married. I, you know, like had kind of a comfortable life to be honest, but I just was so depressed and I just was like, just so unfulfilled in my life. And I know that, that people that have felt that way, know that feeling and it's a horrible feeling. And I just remember like Instagram was like, you know, the straw that would like break the camel's back every day. I'd get on there and I just feel more shit, you know? And so I think that like, that was just really what I wanted to change in a way was starting Mayfair. I just was like, I want to create this place where people can get online and feel inspired and like see a positive messaging that might spark something in their day or change their mindset or, you know, learn about something to where it's normalized and they don't feel like they're different or isolated because they're, you know, going through that or navigating that. So that was really the intention. And I think it's tough because, you know, going back to just pressures that we all experience in life, I feel like what's tough is like, especially it's heightened by Instagram is like, there's these timelines that the world like says we have to abide by, you know, like we go to college, we graduate, we get a job, we meet our significant other, we get married, yeah. blah, blah, you know, I'm like well past the kid timeline in the world standard. Like, <laughs> I'm 30 and Carl's 32 and everyone I know from Georgia back home is like, when the hell are you guys having kids? You're well past the like timeline that we, but I think it's so tough and Instagram kind of heightens that timeline and, you know, makes people just question their own life moves. But something that's so important too is just like every journey is unique to your own journey. Like you're on no one else's timeline in your life. You know, I feel like for me, I had to do so much sidestepping and backstepping, you know, Mm -hmm. to get to where I started Mayfair. And like you said, like sometimes you have to take steps backwards and, you know, you're not on anyone else's timeline. Like your timeline is completely unique to you. And we have this fascination with comparing our lives to other people's. But again, it's the rewiring. It's the rewiring of like understanding that your timeline is unique to you and every experience that you go through in your life and every transformational period where like, it's really fucking hard and you're navigating something that is really, really tough. A lot of the times, like you said, those are the most monumental times in your life. Those are where you learn the most about yourself or, you know, you kind of like make a pivot or you make a change based on something that you navigated heartbreak or losing your job or things that you like go through. So those are sometimes the most transformational, you know, and looking back, I can hundred percent say that every single one of those times that were like horrible times for me were really, really transformational times now, like looking back. But I think we just also have to stop this obsession with timeline because you know, our own journeys are unique to us and nobody else. We're not on anyone else's time. So, you know, just don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like if you want to drop out of school, if you don't want to go to school, like that's okay. You don't have to look at everyone around you and feel like you have to abide by their timeline, you know? So I think that that's another thing that I have to remind myself too, because it's so hard. Um, you know, especially when people bring things up, like, why are you 30 and you've been married for six years? And I'm like, that's just us. Like we don't, we want kids eventually, but not right now. And you know, it's, it's annoying that you have to remind people of that. But at the same time, I think that like 
everyone's just fascinated with these kind of societal timelines and we have to get away from that and normalize again the conversation of like your journey is unique to you yeah so in i whenever i now think i as i get a little bit older definitely older compared to gen z but not older <laughs> compared to ever I, I always joke i'm like when are people going to stop telling me that i'm like quote unquote so young like i always thought it'd be like after 25 and now it's like 26 and they're like oh my god you're so young i'm like is does it stop at 30 like when the fuck does it stop they're like you have so much time i'm like tell that to my ovaries deborah like yeah, yeah, calm yeah, down yeah. but it's so funny because like with all the shit i i even joke with my brother i'm like my life is just a series of like unfortunate events and i'm just lucky enough mm -hmm. to share them with the internet and like right. something comes of them but it's so funny i i think this is the first time too where i realized that like I really can't get so obsessed with the timeline because like shit's just, cause usually it's like shit in my own head is constantly mm -hmm. screwing me up. Right. And yeah. finally life just really fucked me to be completely yeah. candid with other external factors. And like, that's what you're saying of like the happiness isn't something that we're getting to on a timeline because in reality, it's like finding those moments of joy while navigating this time. It's like the only thing that I can really have. And there's no point of creating a new timeline out of the despair that I'm in right now, because as I saw with my last timeline, it can get fucked. So yeah. it's like, you just have to kind of find these moments in connection and like meaningful in life because it's going to change a million times over. Like you might think you got into your dream college and you're going to the best four years of your life and like, you don't know. And yeah. so it's, it's just this crazy thing of, you know, I even was just reading something on your your guys's Instagram about like manifestation and stuff. And that's kind of why I am so curious as to who kind of like comes up with everything because, you know, it's like there's like horoscopes and there's like mental health and there's manifestation. And is it just kind of like stuff that you like, are these all little tools that like you kind of like find like in your toolbox, do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it, again, it's like all of us, like things that we, you know, kind of see or resonate with i mean we we have a good idea obviously of what people come to mayfair for so you know if we don't post those horoscopes on monday by 11 a.m like we're getting cut like people are sending us like death threats like shit gets crazy so like we have these like timelines we have to hit and things that we know people come to us for you know manifestation kind of stories and zodiac stuff like we are obviously known for that we'll literally get cut from the internet if we don't post it so like we're always going to be consistently posting those things and i know that it's like you know so nice to get your horoscope on a monday and feel inspired for your week or like have things that resonate with you so we do have those things that we consistently do and then i think from there it's just about you know what are we trying to say what narrative are we trying to talk about you know this month is black history month so you know that's going to be very prevalent throughout our social stories and it's going to be educational there's going to be resources may is mental health month june is pride like there's you know consistent kind of things that we speak on based on what we feel like we need to and then there's just shit that comes up you know it's like some someone goes through something that they're like you know i was in this relationship and for the longest time i was projecting my own insecurities on this and this person and that's what ended up ruining my relationship so we're all, we're all like okay you know i feel like so many people you know may navigate that or you know so then we might come up with a story on relationships or projecting or kind of just like speak you know things that we all personally go through that so many other people navigate and kind of share that like you're doing with the world so that people can kind of relate to it and maybe even learn from it a little bit so it's really just a conjunction of that, honestly. It's, it's just like a, a team collaborative effort of like things that we feel like we need to talk about and we absolutely want to talk about narratives that are important and then things that we kind of all navigate or hear that people navigate that we want to share. Well, I mean, thank you for just doing like the Lord's work on Instagram. I mean, it's so inspiring. And if people aren't following Mayfair, I mean, they obviously are but just what can i mean i know we should expect stuff for black history month this time this month obviously with our girl our beloved mood guest dom roberts she's we a queen her. we love her we stan her i am so excited that you guys did something with her i was just yeah. like yes that's my girl um so where can everyone keep up with like your personal stuff and then obviously what to expect from mayfair going forward yeah so my personal Instagram, although I always tell people to follow Mayfair because that's where the good shit is, but my <laughs> personal Instagram is at Sam Abrahart. 
Sam and then A-B-R-A-H-A-R-T. So you can follow along there. I try to be, you know, as authentic and vulnerable as possible and kind of share like the highs and lows, mostly lows of the shit that I go through. Um, and then Mayfair's Instagram is at the Mayfair group. And I feel like there's so much that we want to do with Mayfair. I mean, so many cool collaborations and partnerships with organizations this year. We have some really cool collabs, product expansion that we're doing. Um, you might like see some journals down the line, things like that, that we're going to be going into. Yeah. So beyond just apparel, there's going to be, you know, additional product categories and I mean, I just long-term, there's so much that I want to do. My biggest dream long-term would be to start an entrepreneur fund for female businesses um, because, you know, 97% of the VC world is male and I know how hard it was to start my business. So I want to hopefully with Mayfair create some sort of a non-for-profit or an entrepreneur fund where we can help badass females that don't know kind of like where to go or turn um, angel invest and start the businesses. So lots of like smaller goals and then massive goals for long-term. But in the meantime, we're just going to keep like sharing positive messaging and waking up every day and kind of creating campaigns that we feel inspired by that we want to share. Well, if I could follow like a million times over, I would, but I already am. I'm one of your number one fans. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know it must be like the craziest schedule ever, but thank you for just taking the time to share all that with my listeners. Everybody make sure you go follow Sam and obviously Mayfair, get some loungewear, send my favorite thing to do is send things that I love that Mayfair posts to my friends so that they see them. So spread the positivity, send it to your girlfriends. Everyone needs a little mood booster. And if you want a free mood booster, just go follow them on Instagram and read through every single post. You're welcome. You are the best. Thank you so much. And I'm so inspired by the way that you use your platform as well. So keep doing what you're doing. I feel like even days you post things I resonate with and like makes me feel like I'm not alone on certain days on things that I've gone through. So keep doing what you're doing. I've been so inspired by you too. Thank you. you. I mean, (laughs) you, you are the best. You're like my 2021 idol at this point 